0: What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? This is the question we aim to answer every week on the Minimalist Vegan podcast. Hi, we're Marsha and Michael O'Fay, the couple behind this podcast and the blog by the same name. This week, we talk about waste. We break down our own personal journey on reducing our waste, our realisation of what the waste we create is doing to our planet and the animals on it, what we started changing to do our bit, and also offer you some practical examples to get started. Now, I love this podcast episode because I'm very passionate about this topic. I'm sure you'll be able to tell, even a few seconds in. On that note, let's get into it. I'm actually really excited about this because I've been writing content in relation to this topic for a few years now. And you sure have, yeah. I guess I'm the one that takes charge in, <laughs> in our household when it comes to these things. But yep. um it's a it's a massive topic but I'd like to I guess leave the listeners with something actionable to take away with them. Um Yeah, and just open up people's eyes as to the reality of what's what's going on today. Mm. Um even just as simple as, you know, in the last 10 years, we have produced more plastic than in the whole of the last century. Wow. So, and I think that at this rate, it's only going to get worse.
1: Well, clearly that's a trend, right? Yeah. It's like we're... 10 years is not a long time. No. Uh, 10 years compared to 100 years. Yeah. That's scary. Massive.
0: Yeah. But before we get into that, I guess we can just start off at the beginning of our journey, and um, I guess we started reflecting on this when we became minimalists and vegans. Yeah. Um, Because we were scrutinizing everything that we were doing, Um, but not only to animals, but also, you know, the things that we're bringing into the house, which is the minimal. Minimal part of it, yeah. But what we were putting out of the house yep. and how we were getting rid of those things, yeah. Um, and who was responsible for that? You know, like there was um, a lady called Julia Butterfly Hill, um, and she was part of a documentary, and she was just saying like, "Where is a way?" Like there's no such thing as a way it's just it in reality, it's actually just out of sight. Mm. Um, And that's when she was saying that it made me realize like, yeah, we put our bins out onto the curbside every week or every fortnight, depending on where you live or every month, whatever it is. But that's like our job's done. You know, Mm. you dust off your hands and move on with life. But where does that go? Yeah. And someone has to deal with that and it has to be disposed of or, you know, either recycled, repurposed, shipped off to another country, which we in Australia we've been doing for many years to yeah. China, but now they're actually refusing to take take it anymore. And so the systems aren't in place properly to deal with all of these things. And we're not doing enough about it for it to make a change. I mean, I don't know how it is for you listener, where you live in the world, but from where I'm sitting, from where we're sitting, yeah, it's just, it's not... There's a it's, lot of questions. Yeah. And I mean, you just have to walk outside when, when it's rubbish day and see the overflowing of rubbish bins for just one week's worth of rubbish. Yeah. And it's just shocking. Or well, you have to go into supermarkets, go to the food courts, jump on a plane you know oh, the there's are super there's so much waste that's yeah. created and that's just in your own little bubble yeah let alone multiplying that by billions of people yeah so you know it's it's just shocking anyways i could not yeah, <laughs> go okay. down this rabbit Clearly hole now Marcia but, is, is
1: passionate. <laughs> um, but
0: and, i'd like to bring it back sure. to talk about our journey mm-hmm. and how we got into it And um, I guess minimalism from that point of view really does help because it makes you question things. It makes you, uh, you know, take action. And because you're bringing less things in, that means you've got less to put out. Yes. In many instances. But I think a lot of people don't, like on a daily basis, where does waste generally come from? It's the kitchen, which is food. Yeah, and the packaging, and then everything associated with that, and then you've got you know the bathroom rubbish and tissues and whatever else packaging from other things. But I think
1: I think that can exist in a few different ways actually. And I think if I look back at my consumer behaviour before we started looking at waste, it was very much, um, you know, I look at trigger events like christmas mm. um and the, amount, the of amount of waste that happens at that wrapping time in paper, year, and wrapping paper literally
0: just to yeah. rip open and throw in the bin and
1: and and a real pet peeve is like hard plastics mm. that cover like electronics and they're so do you know, hard to do you get you know has out anyone like well? bought like a mouse like just a normal mouse for your computer and yeah. it's in that hard plastic that you need scissors to cut open and
0: even then, that, then. <laughs> yeah even it's then a no it's a struggle um
1: yeah. you know batteries you know the standard AA batteries come in that plastic. Like there's yeah. just it's it's sort of those little consumer goods that just sort of sneak up on you and your household as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the most clear, definitely the most evident one is the kitchen. Yeah, because there's so much activity happening in the kitchen.
0: Well, it's the most frequent, I guess. Yeah. in many ways because um, you know we've got to eat every day. And um,
1: well, the most consumables consumables exist in your kitchen.
0: Yeah, um, and if we don't cook or bring things in packaging home, then we're eating out. Yes. And that typically has packaging attached to it as well. Yeah. Or if you get takeaway or if you, you know, you're eating in a food court or unless you go to a cafe or a restaurant. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's just when you start noticing all of these things, it can be a little bit overwhelming and you almost feel like you're trying so hard to do the best that you can. Yeah. Yeah. They're little things because they all add up, you know. Um, But then you step outside and you see what other people are doing and you go to the supermarket and see what other people are buying, like bananas wrapped in plastic. And you just go, is what I'm doing even making an impact? Yeah. And it can get actually quite deflating and make you feel like people just don't – they don't give a shit. Yeah. And you give a shit so much – That you almost feel like I guess in a way balances it out, but it's not. It doesn't feel fair that you care so much and you put yourself out there in a way of inconveniencing yourself for certain things. Yeah, just to not contribute to that, where people double bag things when they don't even need a bag to begin with. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's this is
1: this is a really this is a really um dynamic topic because I think you know if you've been listening to our show for a little while you know that um you know our, our vegan journey and what that looked like and the overwhelm around that and the resistance for a lot of people becoming vegan because we're talking well particularly around food we're talking about three meals a day yeah which is a big ask um when it comes to waste and specifically plastic um I feel like there's equally if not more systemic challenges around um trying to navigate that as a consumer and doing the best that you can because there's multiple at every point of consumption there seems to be waste and plastic built into that yeah and i think um it you can also feel a sense of helplessness Mm. to an extreme level Mm. when you think about the waste that's cascading in commercial businesses every day. Yeah. like the amount of stuff that's coming off the back of restaurants, yeah. the amount of stuff that's happening you know at Christmas time, the amount of stuff that's happening in your neighbor's yard right now of this waste everywhere. And I think there's a lot of similarities, but I think if I go back to your initial question about our journey, I remember when we in 2014, when we became minimalists and then vegans, we started, um, watching quite a lot of documentaries. Mm-hmm. And I remember it got to the point where we were terrified to watch new documentaries because we we're at a point of consciousness that we knew that would have to change.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, which meant it was going to be more uncomfortable and it was going to be less convenient than what our current lives are. And I remember the distinct moment where we watched the Plastic Ocean, uh, which is a documentary on Netflix, uh, which inspired us to actually write about this in our book, The Minimalist Vegan. Even though um, prior to that, it probably didn't have a place in the book. Mm. But then after that, we felt like it needed to be in it. Yeah. And the the connection for me, I remember, was that as a vegan that cared about all sentient beings, not only was the waste doing incredible harm to the environment, which was indirectly harming animals, mm. but... The plastic and human-made materials was directly harming animals. So seagulls and birds were consuming plastic and mm. were cut open, and you can mm. see all the plastic inside of them. Two hundred.
0: When they were doing that, there was two hundred pieces of plastic in a seagull's gut, the, in the stomach, that, and it died because it couldn't it Couldn't eat anything like the stomach was full all the time, and all of those toxic chemicals, yeah, that it, um, you know, was leaching from the plastic ended up killing it. Yep. Well, the plastic itself did not just the toxins, but a combination of the two is yes. a recipe for disaster.
1: Absolutely, there you go. And and I think a lot of um, a lot of people in a vegan community sometimes get their hair up about how environmentalists who do not. Adopt a vegan lifestyle are not really environmentalists because of the contribution of the animal agriculture has to the environment. Yeah. Well, I put out the same challenge to vegans. Yeah. Who, like us, mm. this was where our, our realization. Yeah, sure, we're trying to make better decisions for the animals, but in 2014 we watched that documentary and we're like, hang on, if we're going out and buying cruelty-free products. That are wrapped in plastic contributing to waste and then therefore killing more animals. Mm. That's not a choice about veganism. Mm. And I think that's where well, it's
0: because it's indirect. It's not like they're consuming it, you know? So I yes. guess it's again more of the concept of out of out of sight, out of mind, because it's further on down the, the chain Absolutely. in that sense. So it's, but it's sort of not of glued a direct it together impact. though. It yeah, kind yeah. of Oh no, yeah. it was a it it was a massive wake up call and I think that it put things into perspective as to how real it actually is and how bad it is. Yes. Because you you don't think that you know, that, that birds are eating plastic or yes. that they're that, you know, there's turtles that die because they've put their head through a bit of plastic and yeah. then they keep growing and, you know. Or there was one particular scene where they pulled a straw out of a turtle's nose. Yeah. Oh yeah. That I was painful that. to yeah. watch. Um, and it was, I'm sure, very painful for the turtle as well. Yeah. But, you know, just scenes like that. And I sometimes share on our Facebook page where animals get trapped in waste, in plastic. Yeah. And it gets so many shares. It's probably some of the content that actually gets passed around the most. Yeah. Yet we're not doing enough to stop producing so much waste. Yeah. Um, so I think... I guess the main thing is, is just looking into what we're putting into our rubbish bag. Yeah. And first of all, why do we need a rubbish bag? You buy bags to throw away. Like yeah. that to me, <laughs> when <laughs> someone said that to me, I was like, that sounds really silly. Yeah. Um, you know, you can, we don't use plastic bags for rubbish. Mm. We just throw it straight into the bin mm. and then we throw it into the big bin and then we wash out the bin and reuse it. Yeah. We used to use biodegradable ones, but they're super expensive and the labeling is so unclear as to how it actually biodegrades. And there's still, I think molecules of plastic in there as well. Yeah. So, there's no completely green way of doing it and other people suggest to use newspaper but we don't get the newspaper so yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to use that and that's another option for people that don't want to just put it straight into their bin. Um, but yeah, actually like what's, what is inside your rubbish bin and yeah. pulling that apart and looking at ways that you could have disposed of that more appropriately yeah. and if you could have gone without that altogether. Yeah. So, I think once you start becoming more conscious of going, oh, well, okay, I should really not be throwing into the rubbish bin so many food scraps, you know, that can, mm. that can go into a compost bin. If you mm. live in a, an apartment, you can get a Bokashi bin yep. or, you know, what we did. I had a neighbor up the road that was happy to take our scraps. I'd walk up with our dog, give her the scraps and she'd empty them out into her compost you know find people in your community there's community gardens that would probably be happy to take your scraps so there's so many different options sometimes you know you can have um green composting bins depending on where you are and you can put your food scraps directly into that so Mm. there's so many options and i see that come up in so many different groups all the time oh i live in an apartment i i can't compost but okay, you can't. But I'm sure that there's someone that you know that can. Yeah. And yes, it's an inconvenience, but the amount of waste that you create just because you know, and vegans, well, in our household, we eat a lot of vegetables. Yeah. So that waste in itself—that's pretty much most of the waste that we create. If there's just bits and pieces when you're cooking. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I yeah. think the bin. I think yeah. The, the the bin sort of review is a really. Good, tangible place to start to actually understand what your habits and behaviors are mm. um, so you can start to as you said make changes in that aspect i also think that um, early on in my journey um, particularly going in and out to work every day um, was managing waste sort of on the go yeah um, and look i'll be really honest i think um, you know i think a lot of us start in in, in really conventional ways it's like well let's address drinking water out, <laughs> you know, like that's that's normally a um, a starting point is, okay, well, I don't want to get any uh, bottled water and plastic anymore, buy water. Yeah. Um, so, that's normally the first thing. Now, it, admittedly, um, you know, I've been guilty maybe three or four times in the last four years of buying water out because I forgot my bottle, I haven't had access or whatever. And I can't tell you the guilt that I felt Mm. um, from buying bottled water, um, pre-packaged water. And guilt is something that I want to park to discuss a bit later. But I think um, it's also, I worked in a mall for a long time and I think it was incredibly overwhelming just to see to just to look around on the tables in the food court mm. just to see the sheer amount of volume so we're talking about doing a bin analysis at home
0: yeah imagine doing a bin and analysis and then you go do a
1: bin analysis out in public yeah and uh, man that is some deflating stuff to mm. see what's going on out there it's not even and just
0: the the waste that the people are creating with the you know the styrofoam plates and plastic forks and knives and whatever, it's the food waste as well, the amount of people that buy food and don't finish what they're eating.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of um, uh, uneaten food mm. sitting on table. Yeah, actually let's But I- even
0: like they have the recycling bin and the rubbish bin and they go, Well, this is a recycling plate but it's still got food in it. So it completely contaminates the recycled bin pile. So I don't if they don't if people don't do things properly yeah. There's, there's actually like it ends up undoing all of the good that maybe a hundred people that put their plates into that bin earlier prior completely clean did. Yeah. So it's, yeah, sorry, what were you going to say? No,
1: but I uh, but, uh, I think, yeah, I think, you know, th- those are two good places to start is, you know, one in your home and then one out in public. If you are somebody who eats out quite regularly is to sort of, take stock of what's happening around you. Well, don't uh,
0: start going through public rubbish bins.
1: <laughs> I can't say I've done that. but um, And please don't. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I certainly think that's a really good place to start and to, you know, uh, at least mitigate your own behaviour to not contribute to that excessive amount of waste. Yeah. So, that goes with, you know, what you buy out and how that's wrapped in, in, in waste and plastic. Mm. Then it's about, finishing your meal um you know and then it's about disposing of it a- a appropriately so there's a few stages there in that well, life it doesn't cycle.
0: even i guess have to be that you're disposing of it pr- appropriately like don't let it get to that point sure. where you need to dispose of it yeah period so i think you know there's a whole bunch of things that you can do as always is bring your own drink but like it this These little obvious things, but I feel like I need to say them. Yes. Bring your own drink bottle. If you don't have time to pack your own lunch, bring a takeaway container that the people can put your food into. Yeah. Um, If they refuse that, find another place that will. Yeah. Like I think that we need to change how even vendors view things by starting something ourselves. So, the more people that feel comfortable asking, do you mind putting my food in this container for me, the more open they will be because they see that there's a trend that people don't actually want to be taking their plastic containers. And it's also less of an expense to the business because yeah. they have to buy those containers Yeah. Um, that are going to be used. Guys, this is
1: facts. Um, you know, I've seen Marsha firsthand um, shift how businesses operate um, I don't know if I've told this story before, but um, every every Saturday, Marsha goes to the farmer's markets here and picks up all of our produce. And uh, one of the common things that we get is sweet potato treats for our dog. And every single week, she'll go and buy these sweet potato treats, but they'll always be wrapped in a, like a little um, plastic bag.
0: So, it's like half plastic, half paper yep. type of... Bag. Yeah. yeah. And then walls it's com- lined with plastic. Yeah. yeah. And
1: uh, do you remember the conversation you had with the market holder?
0: I brought in a jar and I said, Look, do you mind if I put in the treats into this jar instead of using the plastic bag? Because I'd rather, you know, if you can reuse that, that would be great. Yep. Because sometimes you've got to be mindful of the fact that they can say, Oh, yeah, sure, put it in your jar. But then they end up throwing that packaging in the rubbish sure. bin anyway. So it's kind of like, Well, That defeats the purpose altogether. Yeah. But she says, yeah, I'm happy to reuse it. And she actually, and at first it almost Mm. threw her off. She was a bit confused as to why I'd want to do that. The following week I came or a couple of weeks after, she goes, you know what? I was so inspired by what you did. I posted it on my Facebook page to say that if anyone else wanted to do that, they can too. And every time I come up with my jar, she goes to the back of her car and pulls out a big bag of the sweet potato treats and I stuff them into the jar. Yeah. And, you know, there's always other customers looking at what I'm doing.
1: Exactly. And I think this is a really important point because it can be so overwhelming and so deflating to see all the waste that's happening in the world. And I think it's moments like that that you can hang on to, to feel a little bit of progress. And yeah. it, that's you leading by example, but actually challenging conventional commerce. And yeah. more often than not, business owners are happy to hear that feedback yeah. if they can make improvements. Yeah. But it starts with somebody actually asking the question.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, I think that's a really good example.
0: Mm. And I think, you know, if you care enough, you won't care about what other, you may look a little bit crazy in some situations where you're literally like going out of your way to avoid packaging but to me it's like i care too much about the planet and myself and the animals to actually care what other people think yeah. of me because there's too much nine stake. out of ten times they're strangers anyways yeah and it doesn't bother me
1: it's an urgent thing though it's an, an urgent urgent you thing. know half yep. the
0: time they'll probably be thinking oh why is she doing that you know it'll actually make them think for a second and maybe again plant that seed for them to maybe do the same thing next time yeah
1: i had um i had a similar conversation um about a month ago uh, when i went to go replace the power adapter for my hair shaver and i went and picked it up from the shaving shop and they had allocated my product in a store bag uh, and they wrote my name on it in texter. So uh, so I, I picked up the package and I was just like, oh, is there any way you can reuse this bag? And the guy serving me was like, oh, no, we can't because we've, we've actually permanently written your name on it. And um, I normally I'll just accept it and walk away, but I actually I took the bag, but then I proceeded to say, hey, I would love for you to pass on some feedback. Um, you know, I used to work in retail, but if you could, please pass on to higher management that um, if there's any way to mitigate uh, or maybe even ask people for preference of bags or maybe ask the customer when they come, would you like this in a bag? Um, not ma- or even take away the option until they ask you. Yeah. Um, could you please pass on that feedback? And I understand that you may not have had many people say that, but probably a lot of people thinking it and not saying it and it could be really great point of difference for this business. And um, he's like, actually, you know what? That's really valuable. I'll pass it on. Now, I know that the likelihood of any change happening is very minimal, but at least we've tried and had the conversation, right? Yeah. Uh, And this is just like in a really standard retail store in the mall.
0: Yeah.
1: But why not have these conversations?
0: Well, I'm noticing that more and more places, not that I really go out shopping, but when I see other people carrying things that they've bought, now there's less plastic bags and more paper bags. Yeah. But still, if you can carry that item, why take a paper bag even? Yeah. Because that's still waste. That's yeah. creating waste unnecessarily. Um, and I guess this is a good opportunity here to talk about this whole movement of zero waste. Oh, yeah. And how, um, and I've been called out on it because I've used it as a, a heading for my upcoming. Uh, course, which is going to, which is titled Zero Waste Kitchen. Yes. Um, and I use that word with intention because it's such a buzzword and a lot of people know what it means. Mm. Well, I assume they know what it means. I think a lot of
1: people who are interested in that content are aware of what it means. Yeah.
0: Um, but in reality, there's next to almost impossible way of calling A household or anywhere completely zero waste.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Um, Even these militant zero wasters produce their little jar (laughs) of waste that goes to landfill. Yeah. Um, But it's not that they don't have any recycling. You know, that's their that's their uh, waste that goes to landfill. Yeah. In in particular. Yeah. everything else has been dealt with appropriately. So they may have recycling that goes out or that they might take themselves to the recycling place to make sure that it's been disposed of correctly. Yep. Um, but there is no such thing as zero waste. So I just wanted to clarify that point and just say that in our household or in general, that zero waste really should be minimal waste.
1: Yeah, so what okay, what are your thoughts on the terminologies and um and and how uh, how we are meant to interpret these words and phrases because uh, I agree with you. Um technically it's impossible to be zero waste. Yeah. However, I do like the phrase as an aspiration. Yeah. As an I intent. I mean, it's an
0: out out of reach aspiration in in But in a but sense, I think but it's also something I guess to strive towards it's not that it's attainable but it's something to to strive towards
1: but i like that it triggers urgency yeah zero waste that's yeah. a that's where we should be aiming mm. even if it's not achievable mm. because any progress then is better right yeah so I, I understand that um but what are your thoughts i mean should we um or be revisiting that terminology and how it's being used at the moment?
0: I mean, I feel that we should because, again, as I said, it's it's not possible. Yeah. Um, unless you live on an island somewhere, you're not really consuming anything but what you get on that island that's not packaged and that you can return straight back into the land. That's probably the only time, but that's not how yeah. 99.9% of the population live. Um, so I think it needs to be... I mean look, it's a movement in itself and I don't think it's really doing any damage, but I think it can set up people for failure because they're striving for this perfection that that it's not that's never going to happen. Yeah. Excuse the dog's barking in the background. <laughs> um so I think using the word minimal waste more is more appropriate and that actually makes people maybe I don't know, does it mentally trigger Make it more something approachable else or... for zero waste compared to minimal waste? Yeah. But when, you know, like... And because the zero waste,
1: I mean, you hear it all the time and we have readers um, and, and people in our audience, you, you see their comments and stuff. There's, there's pressure. Yeah. People feel pressure. Mm. They want to do the right thing. But I think the goal of zero waste creates a lot of, um, you know, kind of a guilt to sort of actually fulfill?
0: Well, I think it can become an unhealthy obsession mm. because it can put you in this space of feeling like you're constantly needing to be doing something, especially in the kitchen.
1: Mm.
0: Like I fell into this trap of like literally not buying anything that comes from a packet um, or a Tetra pack or, you know, whatever it is even a paper bag, like I just refused. But then you got to be realistic to know that you're not going to be making everything from scratch. In this day and age, you are not going to be making everything from scratch. I'm not going to stand in the kitchen making tofu from soybeans. Okay. Are which gonna, I've done. Are you ready to have this conversation? Yes. Okay. I'm not going to, you know, be making bread. Every time we want to eat bread, make, I don't know, what else, tempeh, whatever it is. Nut milks all the time. Like for me, minimal waste is more important than actually starting to almost, I don't want to use the word despise, but because this brings it back to going out and seeing what other people are doing. And then you just start hating the world because you think I'm putting in so much effort and spending so much time making this shit. Yeah. And you don't even think twice to what you're buying. Yeah. So, it be- can become this really unhealthy relationship that you have with uh, yourself yeah. and with everybody around you because it's everywhere. Yeah. You know, even...
1: So, so if, if it was more the societal norm for everybody to be making their own things from scratch, would he be more motivated or inclined to do the same thing? Or do you just feel like it's It's such a... It's not realistic because
0: people work full-time. They have children. They have families. They've got commitments. They've, you know... Okay,
1: let's... I really want to... But I feel
0: like it might be easier because things will be more accessible, package-free. So, when there's more people doing certain things, like now in Canberra, where we live at the moment, there's at least five or six different zero waste stores. Yeah. Where three years ago, there was maybe two. Yeah. And even health food stores are widening their range of offering things without packaging. So the more people that are refusing to use plastic, that sends out a message to suppliers, to people that are making these products to actually start supplying them in bulk so that people can buy how much they need because food waste is another thing. I worked in a bulk store for a couple of years and I know firsthand, you know, if someone comes in buying ingredients specifically for one recipe, they only want one cup of this specific flour that they, they've never used before. They don't right. know if they're going to use again. Yep. Rather than going to the supermarket and buying a full bag of it, that mm. will be at least three, four times more in terms of quantity yep. than what they need it'll end up sitting at the back of their cupboard for the next two years until they end up throwing it out because it's expired. Yeah. So there is a lot of, um, now I've lost what I was trying to say here, <laughs> but uh, I think, yeah, the more people that are actually bothering to, to shop this way, the more choice there will be. It's like vegan. You know, the more vegans there are in this world, the more vegan, and we're already seeing that. Yeah, and and we're seeing it in the zero waste space as well. But like, but there's it's more not, vegan it's products not that
1: are exactly wrapped in yeah stuff. So
0: there's that you need to find that balance of giving people more options.
1: So so, Marshall, I'm I'm really curious to see. Okay, there's two systemic problems I see. So the first one is time. Yeah. So we're talking about time, what you can control as a consumer. And we know that to achieve minimal waste in the household is going to require you making all your products.
0: Well, not like shopping in bulk and getting as much of your stuff. But there's in still bulk some stores. things. There's, yeah, yeah, of there's course. There's still
1: a bulk food store does Yeah. does not cover all the no, products in the world, right? They don't. So, and... And and if
0: you've got access to a bulk store to begin with, this is the other problem. So,
1: here's some examples. You've got cosmetics in the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. That in some stores around the world I've seen, you can get in bulk. But for the majority, you can't. You know, you can't go top up your shampoo and conditioner or your makeup. They all come in... But
0: they're like... They're like makeup is next to impossible.
1: Okay. But... This is, but these are the examples I'm giving you. Yeah. Then you've got things like more processed foods. Yeah. Okay. So, um, instead of making your own nut milk, you might opt to go buy nut milk in a carton, mm. right? Or you might go buy uh, plant-based cheese uh, or bread or something like that, all right? So, I'm talking about the processed foods. Um, so... Do, okay, so the first systemic challenge is, and for all you hardcore zero wasters out there, which are working your tails off to try and make this work, and I know you're out there, you're like, you're, you're making your own body scrubs, you're making your own cosmetics, you're making your own nut butters, your tempehs, your tofus, and the list goes on and on and on, your breads, right? You're working around the clock. My first question is, is it actually a time issue? Or is it the fact that we haven't been able to pinpoint how much time is needed every week to sustain a minimal waste household? Because there's so much ambiguity about um, there's no way I'm going to sit there and just start making all this stuff from scratch. Or it's like, well, hang on if it takes you five hours a week or 10 hours a week... Well, it
0: depends what it is that you're making. I know, I know.
1: But let's say you were able to quantify that. You were able to get some data over a month and say it's going to take you 10 hours a week to uphold a minimal waste household. Are you willing to do it? Is, the, is it worth it for you to do that? But as long as you had a number associated with it, would it be more appealing that way? Regardless of what you have happening in your life. Well,
0: if you have a system in place where like you could be multitasking and it's... But it's like it's... When it comes to the kitchen... Because there's lots of little activities. There are a lot of little activities. There's, you know, lots of soaking. There's lots of prep. There's lots of... A lot of soaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, it just comes down to also how organized you are. And there are people out there that, you know, do a big cook up on a Sunday that...
1: But this is not diligent a. We're not talking about cook up. We're talking about creating ingredients.
0: No, I know.
1: That's like next level. Like yeah, we're talking yeah, but about I'm just saying foundational the discipline. Things. Yeah, yeah.
0: So if they've got that discipline already, it's not going to be that much of an adjustment to up their game. Yeah. But uh, look,
1: if you're listening to this and you are somebody who you consider yourself to be somebody who makes quite a lot—not everything, but a lot of your things from scratch—to um, reduce your waste. Can you please message us, email us, reach out? I'd love to understand how much time it's taking out of your week.
0: And how many mouths are you feeding? How many mouths are you feeding? And where are you in the world? Where are you?
1: How are you doing it? Because I think, yes, I agree. We're very busy and it seems like an almost impossible task. But I believe we need to start at least celebrating those who are doing it Mm -hmm. and leveraging each other's workflows and systems to see if we can Try to try to quantify the time because I think as as long as we know how much time is involved, we will probably be more likely to try. Because we have expectations,
0: mm.
1: yeah. Yeah. The next systemic challenge is, you know, uh, when I look at animal products, um, you can go get, go get a roast chicken, that's not in a bag or anything. At the butcher or what I don't even know the deli is it what they call it? You go to the deli in the supermarket and they've got like a roast mm. chicken there, and then you and then you go oh I want the leg, and they cut it off and they give it to you, right? Or oh I want that part of that cheese and they like cut it in half and they give you a bit. Does that make sense? Mm. Do you think the next stage in zero waste like you say these bulk food stores at the moment are really just producing raw ingredients? do you think there's a world that exists where they're able to um, now take away the animal products as an example, because clearly we don't want that, but plant-based alternatives sort of like, okay, here, I'm preserving tofu, I'm preserving um, this vegan cheese and all this stuff, or here's this huge Mm -hmm. container of nut milk that you can just pour on top or something like that. Um, Maybe there's a world that exists where – those type of things become available. And I'm involved. sure
0: that there are places in the world that already do offer things like that and they probably will more and more Yeah. as veganism grows um, and having those alternatives. But then I think it's just working out, okay, so how are those products coming into that deli? Because I find sometimes that even if something is in a bulk store, it could have come in smaller packages, almost the size that you would actually buy them, and they just put them into the tubs. So it's also asking the question of the supplier: like, will they supply them in bulk?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, but this is but this is the this is the challenge when you continue to question down a supply chain, hmm. right? Of where do you draw the line of impact? Because then, you, then you're just gonna walk around miserable. Like, what's the point? right if even at that systemic level there's even question about what's coming in and how is it getting there to provide that product you know that's incredibly deflating but I, I you know i'm trying to be optimistic to say that okay cool what can you control in your household about what you can make from scratch and then systemically you know can bulk food stores start to make a lot of this stuff in house source it as sustainably as they can and make more of these other goods available in bulk to mm. to alleviate some of that inconvenience for for those who want to do the right thing. But um, anyway, that's those are my uh, uh, thoughts. Anyway, anyone listening to this that are entre- entrepreneurs that or have seen some examples um, would love to see them as well. All right, so I've gone okay. We've gone very deep down a different path, but I think let's bring it back up to the surface. And um, more get to some fundamental things. And I know that, um, you know, something that's in front of a lot of people's minds is like this whole idea of like single-use plastics. So is there... Um, and and this is... There's a lot of like grey area around this too, where we are and how that's managed, but...
0: Uh, in terms of how it's disposed of yeah, or I've disposed got, of correctly. Yeah, I mean, the way that I sort of started seeing through plastic and um, the single uses of plastic is the whole concept of let I'll give you a couple of examples you're going to um, ordering some takeaway on your way home because you're starving calling up ordering it picking it up it's in plastic containers taking it home pulling it out of the plastic containers onto a plate eating that food recycling those plastic containers the life of those plastic containers has been no more than half an hour's worth of service, if you may. Yeah. But that plastic container is on this planet for at least your lifetime. Yeah. That, part, that particular plastic container. Yeah. Um, and for you to have used it for half an hour and then disposed of it, mm. to me, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Another thing is going to the supermarket, grabbing a plastic bag in the fruit and veg section, sticking some avocados in there or any other vegetable, taking it to the counter, paying for it, going home, putting that in another plastic bag, taking that home, unwrapping, like taking things out, putting it into the fridge, taking out that plastic bag and then disposing of it. Again, that probably had no more than 30 minutes worth of life. If it's, for instance, like fruit, you put it into your fruit bowl. You don't keep it in the plastic bag. Avocados, the same thing. Tomatoes, mm. the same thing. Onions, the same thing. Because they don't typically live in the fridge. Yeah. Um, so, you don't keep them in the plastic bag in the crisper, which, you know, we've been reusing the same plastic bags that have somehow managed to come into our existence to reuse and reuse and reuse and reuse and reuse because reusing them is probably the best thing to do yes it might not be the best thing for your health Mm. uh but no one's perfect and reusing that as many times as possible is the best thing that you can do for the fact that that plastic bag has been created on this planet and so the plastic that it was exists. created a hundred years ago is still on this planet yeah. today.
1: Yeah, that actually blows my mind. Actually, when you put it that way, it's like it it now exists. So it's um,
0: it's gonna exist for yeah for a long time after we're gone. That's and for you, sure. And you
1: do you do wash these um these 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 bags and hang them up on <laughs> the dry hand line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you do that stuff. So so that's legit. But it's, I think it's it's a fair point as soon as... Yeah, you're right. I don't know how it ends up in your life, but then it's like you got to do your best to, to use it as many times as possible. Yeah. and
0: if something comes in a plastic bag and it's unnecessary, just honestly take it out and say, look, please reuse this bag. Yeah. They'll be happy to do it. And yeah. if they're not, then... Make (laughs) like start setting an example in your community as to what's possible. Because as soon as you start opening other people's eyes as to there's something different out there that we should be doing, then they'll it'll make them start thinking. Oh, well, maybe what I've been doing for the last fifty years might not have been the right thing. Yeah. Um. So it's just starting that conversation and asking the right questions.
1: You know, and it and and in my experience, it's a much more approachable conversation than like. Veganism. Hmm. <laughs> um, I don't feel like it's as confronting. I feel like it's more universally understood, at least in in my experience. When um, well, see how big you know that you're out with friends and you go out for coffee, and some people just are really obsessed with takeaway coffee cups. Uh, I've, they don't want to bring their own. <laughs> uh, I've discovered too no, hard, no, Marcia, I mean that they intend on having the coffee at the cafe,
0: uh. but
1: would still prefer. Why? The I'm I'm not not quite sure, <laughs> but um don't uh, hang
0: out with people. Like
1: not ma- <laughs> but I have had those conversations of uh, well, and 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 sometimes it starts off just like me always intentionally making not it not r- really anything. clear that oh I'm gonna get a mug, um and then and then sometimes not a takeaway mug <laughs> yeah, but then sometimes it's a conversation, um and and people completely understand that, but but, but
0: then they do it again the next time. Sorry. Or
1: no, 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 no. It's just it wasn't something. Uh, f- with a lot of these things, a lot of people don't realize they're an
0: autopilot. They're an autopilot. They they it's they something they've always to. done,
1: yeah. and it's just like. But as soon as brought to their attention, as I said, um like in our, our environment, I believe is more universally understood, and I think it's really easy to understand. I think once you bring it up, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, totally understand. Yeah, uh, and it's probably a tweak of a habit. It's not like I'm asking them to stop. Yeah. Consuming animals, which is a completely different topic, but right? But it's
0: interesting because even that TV show that we had here in Australia called... Um, the War on Waste. The War on Waste and how popular
1: yeah. that was. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, I imagine that a series on animal agriculture would not have blown up as no as easy as this did. Because yeah. asking people to change what they eat is much harder to ask people to just make minor tweaks in how they live their day-to-day lives as well. So, them bringing their own knife and fork every time that they go out somewhere. Yeah. Or having a takeaway cup. Like, even 10 years ago, I'm sure it wasn't this easy to find a reusable takeaway cup to buy. Now, it's in every store. Like, even clothing stores sell reusable cups. Yeah. So... You know, obviously times are changing, they're progressing. Uh, but in like in a fashionable way. Yeah. So But it's, it's you gotta go deeper. Can but I share I'm something an else. intense person. You're intense. So can I share
1: something really quickly? I was at a bar, I remember, um, a few months ago and uh, I ordered uh, some sort of cocktail or whatever and I quickly I was like, please, please, please do not put a straw in there And they're like, Oh no, we don't offer straws only if people specifically ask for them, I was like, oh, I was kind of <laughs> taking it back. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's, I'm like, cool, that's that's great. Yeah. Um. So even little things like that are are happening, right? Um. But that was my little attempt of conscious consumerism. Is like, hey, stop with the straw before they give me the straw. Um. But it was already addressed. So you know, we have just got to celebrate any yeah. little bit of progress.
0: The um. I think that the straws is another big thing, the single-use plastics in supermarkets here in Australia. I mean, there are a lot of places I'm, I'm noticing online that are starting to ban single-use plastics sure. around the world, certain states and, and even countries. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like even where we're planning to move to, they're, they're trying to like get to pretty much zero waste as much as possible yep. um, in the next few years. So the whole country is is on that, you know, on their game when it comes to that. Yeah. So, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. There's so many things that puzzle me that, or sometimes you forget and then you get brought back to reality as soon as you step out of your bubble or you go somewhere like you mentioned, a bar. Like the amount of times that I've gone in in the last couple of years, gone out somewhere and forget to say, because I just don't think. Yeah maybe it's happened less than a handful of times and i'm just beating myself up about it why do i have this straw in my glass yeah i fig- i remember the no ice cuz i yeah hate ice in drinks um but I forget sometimes the straw, but it's just catching yourself going, ah, okay, I need to remember to say, but even to say to management, like why do you guys still use straws? Yeah. Do you know how bad they are for the environment? Yeah. Maybe if you want to offer straws, offer different alternatives, paper straws, bamboo straws, yeah. stainless steel straws that you can actually rewash and reuse mm. um, because you're actually setting a standard for the industry. And then you'll get more customers are conscious of those types of things. Yeah. And, you know, the amount of times that places have just gotten media coverage because they're actually shifting. Yeah. They are the ones that are setting a new standard in the industry. So, it's really interesting. I think that's
1: exciting if we can get businesses to want to um, compete to be more sustainable. Yeah. You know, that's really exciting when that starts happening because, as you said, it... They play off each other. Yeah. Oh, so and so is doing that. We're going to do that. Yeah. Or oh, yeah. how can we take it further? Yeah. This is
0: what customers want. Yeah.
1: Okay, let's do that.
0: Or even advertising to say like sure. we're a you know a zero waste or minimal waste or plastic free or straw free yeah. cafe or pub or whatever it is. Um, but yeah. But
1: but that but that starts with us, and I think yeah, the, the examples we're talking about here is. It's the little things that we do with what, like, it's our actions that speak volumes. But it's also taking it a step further to ask a question or make a suggestion. Um, And it's just doing that consistently. And it may get to the right people and see change or it may not. But it's, it's, again, waste is an urgent cause that we need to address. So Well, it
0: starts with um, when you're purchasing something, right? Yes. And... This is, I wrote a blog post about this, I'll link to in the show notes of the life cycle of a product. A good one. And also linking that to minimalism. Yeah. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, minimalism makes you think about what you're consuming and, you know, what choices you're making. But even going a step further, and rather than saying, do I actually need this, blah, 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 all of that typical stuff, saying, okay, looking at the full life cycle of that product and how long you intend to use it for and how often and is it necessary and looking at it going okay so the ingredients or the the raw materials had to be either mined extracted or farmed mm. so think about the process from the very very raw material mm. And the process that it took to, how many hands did it exchanged, how many factories it went through, how much transportation, like all of the energy and power. And waste. <laughs> yeah, and waste that can be created through that process. Is it really worth it for you to pay money for that product? Mm. And buying a product rather than buying a $15 kettle from like a, can I name names? Target because yeah. <laughs> that's a global brand Yeah. Um, rather than investing in a brand that's well known for performance that's going to last you rather than that target kettle lasting you a couple of years buying yeah. a kettle that you actually are investing in for the rest of your life. Yeah. I know that a lot of products today are not made like they used to be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Like My grandma still has clothes. She's just turned 90 a couple of weeks ago. She still has clothes from 50, 60 years ago that are in good nick. Yeah. That she's looked after that she still wears to this day. Yeah. And she looks great.
1: Your your parents, I was shocked to know that the washing machine that recently died had a life of 25 years. Yeah. And then... Like,
0: why throw it out if it's still working? That was and incredible. If, but, yeah, but my then dad it, probably fixed it multiple times. This is the other part. That's the life cycle. It's Extending, like, ext- how do you ex- extend the exactly. life cycle? Exactly. But you have to buy quality product to begin with. And people say, "Well, I can't afford it." But can you afford to then be buying a new one every couple of years? And the headache, and the the time, and the money commitment to that. Yeah. So, you know. And
1: it's interesting on that on that point as well because. You're right. It's it's it, How rare is it to find um, a 30-year warranty or a lifetime guarantee of a product?
0: Well, yeah, I find that when something like that does come up, I'm like... It gets your attention? I'm, it gets my attention, but it's yeah. also like if I'm picking between two, yeah. one has a 12-month warranty, one has a lifetime warranty, I'll fork out that extra cash and For buy sure. the lifetime warranty one.
1: It's financially... At that guarantee, it's a good decision.
0: Yeah. And because they stand by their product and they know. Yeah. And the thing that annoys me though is that when you're buying bigger ticket items where they try and upsell you for the warranty, it's like that'll be an extra $300 just for an extension of two years worth of warranty. Yeah. And you go like warranties make a lot of money for businesses because, you know, Half the time, more than half the time, people don't use them, but they want that security blanket. Yes. Especially, I think, baby boomers. If they're buying anything, they are more likely to get that extended yeah. warranty on a product. Yeah.
1: But it's also, I also think it's a, it, it's not 100% uh, accurate, but it's somewhat of an indicator. It, the company, the brand is signaling an indicator of the life of this product. Mm. The expected life, a serviceable timeframe for this product. So that's interesting to me in itself, but you're absolutely right. I think that uh, that quality consideration, you know, a lifetime guarantee that 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 needs to be a conversation when you're talking about the life cycle. But I think I remember when you wrote that post and even the conversation we had leading up to that post, it's like it was a complete moment of clarity and a paradigm shift. For me as a consumer, it's a minimalist, vegan, waste, all that stuff, right? Because it was like, okay, at the point of purchase, I'm looking at the whole picture. Mm. And rather
0: than I need this yesterday, yes. I just got to buy it wherever it is for, you know, whatever quality it is. Yes. The other thing that I just wanted to to bring up before we wrap this up, because we've, we've talked for about an hour now. Um, is just, yeah, being more connected, just bringing this point home, I guess. Being more connected to the supply chain and what you're investing your 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 time and money into. Mm-hmm. Um, and it means taking responsibility for our purchases. Yeah. Taking responsibility with the way that we shop with what we vote with our dollar. Yeah. Like, frankly, if, if we don't start, you know, I've got friends that are currently traveling the world and they're shocked at how obvious climate change is. Mm. And I'm looking forward to catching up with them when they come back in a month. But I'm kind of also scared as to, to hear, cause she's been very vocal on it on social media lately. Um, And it'll be interesting to see the transformation that she comes home with and the changes that she chooses to make based on that fact of seeing things firsthand. Um, Because I think that here in the Western world, we're just in the cities, you don't really see it because it's all man-made. But yet, you know, even just when we were talking, when we went to get my passport at the Slovenian embassy and the guy was saying how I remember my childhood in Slovenia being 23 years ago when we left. You know, every Christmas we'd have beautiful white fluffy snow and sometimes like metres high, you couldn't even leave your place. But now it's literally, he says, you'd be lucky to even get a decent dump of snow these days. It's all just like a sludgy wet mess. And that's really sad and really disappointing. Yeah. It's disappointing because we're looking forward to it, but yeah. it's also really disappointing to see that, you know, things are going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, and some people might not even consider that as a climate change shift, but what else can it be? Yeah. It's m- more important now than ever to only buy what you need. Yeah. And buy with intention. And when you're buying, what is that product or ingredient or whatever it is? What is it in? You know, there are some super simple steps that you can take, as we mentioned before. Shopping in a bulk store, taking your own containers in. That literally completely eliminates waste in your pantry. Yeah. That thing in itself. But also looking at your rubbish, looking at what you're disposing of. You know, like if you use a lot of tissues, get yourself handkerchiefs, go back to the old ways looking at actually what people used to do in the past is a really good indicator of maybe where we should go be going to yeah. rather than moving to a, a disposable world. Yeah. Um, and a few things to, consi- to consider when you are shopping is to buy secondhand, try and repair the product before you buy a new one um, or repurpose it. Yeah. You know, um, I don't have an example off the top of my head of repurposing something, but I'm sure that there's plenty of things that you can repurpose. Like if you've got a a mug that's no, that might have a crack in it or something, you can plant a little succulent. And next time you see a friend that loves plants or having beautiful things in their home, you can gift that to them. Yeah. You know, just something as simple as that. Um, or question the actual purchase to begin with as yeah. well. So those are just some some starting steps, I guess, yeah. that I feel are the best way to address waste and yeah. introducing minimalism at a very basic level. Yeah. Uh, not getting rid of what you've currently got in your house, but focusing on what you're bringing into your house Yeah. to begin with. Because that other stuff that's already in your house, that'll clear with time as well. Yeah. And in your kitchen in particular, just start using up all of the th- the stuff that you don't normally like. Start experimenting. Even just pop onto Pinterest and... You know, like if you bought one's coconut flour and you don't know how to use it or yep. un- unsure, just start experimenting, trying something, just use up what you currently have yep. because the amount of times that we get stuck are like, oh, uh, we've got nothing to cook with and you open a pantry and it's completely full. Yeah. And then you go out there and buy more stuff, yeah. but then completely disregard what you already have. Yeah. And then let things go to waste or expire because you can't be bothered. Yeah. So yeah it's a, it's, it's
1: like a, a, a it's like a mindset of resourcefulness. Yeah. You know, it's a that's what it is. It's a you know taking pride in being resourceful. Yeah. Um and 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 getting away from excessiveness. Mm. Um, I think that's the name of the game. So no I think there's some good tips.
0: Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up?
1: No, no, look I think um uh, I think coming but into I this hope conference I haven't Coming into this conversation, I think we um, – look, we just wanted it to be raw and, and just sort of look at just how we're feeling about waste in general. Hopefully, along the way, give you a little bit of insights to how we approach it and what we're thinking about. Um, it's, uh, you know, like many things, it's not going to fix itself overnight. It's, but um, I just hope that, you know, you, you continue to try to do what you can despite it feeling overwhelming. Um, and even
0: if you stuff up once, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up about it. Yeah. And just get back out there and continue doing it. Yeah. Like, don't say, oh, what's the point? If if honestly, if all of the people on this planet said, oh, it's just one straw or it's just one plastic bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I can't make a difference. Yeah. Well... No, you can't if you have that attitude, but yeah. it's it's important to to see yourself as someone that can make a lot of, of impact in this world. Absolutely. So, cool. cool. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope I haven't ranted on too much and that I sometimes get a bit excited and passionate about things and um, can waffle on a lot, but I hope that it's helped you to realize that we all need to play a part in this. And that it's important for for us to assess the way that we're living and how we can do better. Yeah. Um, but also be mindful not for it to become an unhealthy obsession or something that you uh put yourself in a situation where it becomes really stressful, um, and especially for people that are anxious. Mm. Just be just be mindful of that. So just do what you can, um, but do something. Mm. Cool. Love it. All right. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. My passionate wife. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Cool. Well, if you have any feedback or any suggestions, or you know how we mentioned a few questions or places that we'd love to hear, or people that are yeah, we love to, uh, again, yeah,
1: love to hear what, what what you're doing. If you if you feel like you're really nailing the making things from scratch at home and. And limiting your waste significantly would love to hear from you we want to get some examples particularly in preparation for this up- upcoming course yeah um you know zero waste kitchen that M- the marsh is preparing and um and, and 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 i just thought about it as well like for if you're somewhere in the world where you are feeling the impact of global warming or the environment let us know what that looks like yeah we want to expand our perspective um so share please share and i think That's going to be really powerful if we keep sharing these examples with each other and giving insights to where we are in the world and how that's all having an impact as well. And if there's one last thing I could say is the life cycle cycle of a product. Food, consumable, electronic, it doesn't matter. Just keep that in your mind every time you go to consume or buy something and it's going to help you make that decision.
0: So the way that you can contact us is you can find us on Facebook under The Minimalist Vegan or Instagram under the same name. Um, or you can shoot us an email at info at So, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. All right, chat to you next week, guys.
1: Thanks, guys. Bye.
0: Bye. What did you think? Did you learn something new? I could talk about this for hours and I can completely get consumed by this topic. I guess this is the reason I decided to create a course around it. As we mentioned in this episode, I'm currently crafting a course called Zero Waste Kitchen over at minimalistcourses.com. Pop on over and sign up to get updates if you're interested in learning more. So that's it from us for another week. Hope you have a great one and chat to you next time. Bye.